Yahweh said, I want you to trust me for the there when I do not tell you the where. Oh, that's stepping out in faith. I didn't know. He just said go. This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad that you've joined us as we continue to look at Hebrews chapter 11 today. Most of us are well aware that in that book of the Bible and in that chapter specifically, um, the author of Hebrews is pointing out different characters in the Bible who really displayed remarkable faith. People like Enoch, people like Sarah, and like Abraham. We actually studied Abraham's story uh, several weeks ago here on Treasure Truth, but today, Pastor Ford takes a little bit of a, a different twist or spin on the story of Abraham as he actually delivers this message in a first-person voice. So, we begin today's program with Pastor Ford as Abraham. Greetings. My name is Abraham. And uh, I've been asked to come and give my testimony today. Uh, your shepherd, uh, who I thought was quite intelligent as I talked with him. As a matter of fact, I, I said, you're, you're a right handsome fellow, you know that. He said, everybody tells him that. But he asked me to come today to share what Yahweh has done in my life. I was very interested in what was going on in your community as uh, he drove me in something called a SUV. <laughs> yes, rode in this SUV and uh, we got our, let me see if I can remember what he said, we got our praise on. Yes, 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 yes. So he asked me to come and to share my testimony with you today. He showed me that now you have a book, that Yahweh has given you a book. Wow. Do you know how blessed of Yahweh you are? See, in my day, we did not have his words written. We passed it down orally. And so his word was passed down to me by mouth. And then I passed it down to my son Isaac by mouth. And then he passed it down to Jacob by mouth. As a matter of fact, uh, as I understand it, I was long gone by then, uh, but God's word didn't start to be written until the prophet Moses came on the scene. And now you have God's words in writing. Do you read it? His love letter to you. Your pastor said this. I told you he's intelligent. He said, when you open the Bible, God opens his mouth. And when you close the Bible, God closes his mouth. And so you ought to want to listen to God all the time, more than just a verse a day to keep the devil away, but read his love letter over and over and over and over again. You know why? Because God does not open his secrets to a Christian with a closed Bible. Well, he asked me to share my testimony. And uh, I hear you've been studying about me in a book called Hebrews. That, I am the original one. <laughs> I am the first but not the last. And so I need to tell you that you are a Hebrew because of me. 
I am Father Abraham, and I have many sons. Many sons have I, Father Abraham, and you are one. <laughs> and so, uh, I, my journey is a long one, and, and I want to share it with you. He told me, take all the time that I need. <laughs> no, no, actually, he told me that he only gives me a short period of time because that's all he ever takes. When I first met Yahweh, I was in Ur of the Chaldees, and here's what he said to me. He came to me as I was sitting on my veranda and uh, sipping a Long Island iced tea, listening to GCI of Ur. Well, that was before I became a believer. And he came to me and he said, Abram, because that was my name then, Abram. And my name means father. And he said, Abram. And I knew that this was someone greater than I. And I said, yes. He said, I am the living God. And I said, well, in Ur, we have thousands of gods. Which one are you? He said, I am the true and living God. And something that he revealed to me about himself took root in my heart. And I began to know that there is no God but Yahweh that he is Savior and he's God all by himself. And so I became a believer in that moment. And he said to me, he said, I want you to follow me. Go to the unknowable. Go to the place where I will show you. And I said, where is it? He said, I will show you. And so we packed up and we began to follow. And ultimately, I got there and I stepped out. And let me tell you, it was truly amazing. Let me tell you why. Because I was the first one that God had ever come and gotten from his place and took him to a place where he was going to start everything. And so he said to me, Abram, I want you to go to the unknowable. And that, that, that confused me, uh, but I did it by faith. In other words, Yahweh said, I want you to trust me for the there when I do not tell you the where. Oh, that's stepping out in faith. I didn't know. He just said go. Nothing was filled in. No details. I hear you've been called to step by faith like that. And God called me out. And he let me know that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And he let me know that he would remove any obstacles, that he would, he would impede in anything that would impede my progress, that he would remove all my, I believe you call the word, haters. <laughs> and he did. And he led me to where I was supposed to go. Well, well, the second episode I had with him that was major that he told you about in that book called Hebrews is when he said, I don't want you just to go where the unknowable is. I also want you to believe the unbelievable. So he said to me, Sarah is going to have a child. I said, who's he kidding? He hasn't taken a look at her lately. And he was saying, believe the unbelievable. That is, trust me for the what when you don't know the how. You're going to have a child, but you don't know how it's going to come about. And so I said, we will help him out. 
And so Sarah gave me Hagar. And we had an Ishmael, and God came to me and he said, Abraham, stay in your lane. I did not know what that meant. He said, Abraham, quit trying to find out what flavor the Kool-Aid is. I said, I don't know what that meant. He said, Abraham, circumcise yourself. I knew what that meant. <laughs> God, why would you have me do such a thing? It's very painful. Well, he told me, Abraham, when you fail to obey me, what you produce is going to cause you problems even when you get back in fellowship with me. I will forgive you of the sin, but the consequences will follow you. And I said, oh, and your pastor was telling me, uh, you call that baby mama drama, baby daddy drama. Consequences of not listening. And so I said to him, why would you have me cut there? He said, because Abraham, I told you I am God all by myself. I don't need your help to save you, to strengthen you, or to supply for you. Now you tried to fulfill a supernatural promise in a natural way. I had to have you cut that which you tried to use to help me so that you would understand what, what the Apostle Paul would say later on, that circumcision represents the cutting away of the flesh in order to attain righteousness with God. That you can't save yourself and, and that you can't fulfill my promises with your conniving, with your wrangling, with your finagling, with your who you know and what you have. I had to teach you that when I say I'm going to do it, I mean me by myself. So this will be a sign of the fact that all people will become believers uh, according to what that same Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 4, that Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness, but he was circumcised to prove it, but he received the righteousness before he received the sign. So that nobody would think that by doing a physical act, you can do anything to attain righteousness with me. And I said, oh. And so I said, okay. I'm going to cut it. And then God said, not just you. I said, what you talking about, Lord? He said, not just you. Every man that is under your leadership. Because people need to know that when you're following somebody, everything they do has a direct relationship to who you are. And it affects them as well. And so now, as their leader, they will follow you in the painful process of recognizing that I don't need your help to fulfill whatever I told you I'm going to fulfill. So if I said I'm going to give you a man, single ladies, then you don't got to dress up for him and do all of that outward stuff. They'll be drawn to you inwardly. They'll be drawn not to your body, not to your beauty, but to the brains that you have. So I said, okay, God.
You're listening to a special edition of Treasure Truth here with Pastor James Ford Jr., a message where he's actually uh, telling the story of Abraham in that first-person voice, and we'll get back to that story in just a moment. We got a letter recently from a listener in Michigan who said, I listened to Pastor Ford's message recently about marriage, and it brought back a memory of how I used to be as a wife. My husband would do the dishes, but I thought he was doing them backwards. I wanted to criticize him like most young wives, and then it dawned on me. Why criticize him for doing dishes a different way than I thought it should be done? I told myself, at least he's doing the dishes. I think it's so important for us to be careful of our critical nature as wives. I now appreciate everything my husband does. I'm blessed to have a good husband. And I want to thank you for this message and the great reminder. Well, Nancy, thank you for your letter. Maybe uh, one of the messages that Pastor Ford has preached recently has uh, been an encouragement to you, or maybe it's even brought a question to mind. We'd love to get your feedback. You can come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on that contact link. You can let us know how the Lord's using Pastor Ford's teaching in your life, or you can even ask a question. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, back to the story of Abraham. Once again, here's Pastor Ford as Abraham. Then this episode that he asked me to come and share with you, he said, share with them that third episode. Now, you need to know that I wondered, because I am one who is seen as the pioneer of the faith. What does that mean? God called me to go. I was the first one. I had to step out without any example. You know, there are some of you that God will call to a pioneering faith. He will call you to stay in the marriage even though you're headed for the divorce court so you can be the first one in the family to say we reached 25 years of marriage. God will want you to be the first. God will want you to be the first to hang in there despite the, the lack of funds, despite an inability to be able to comprehend the work. And, and God wants you to be the first in your family to graduate from college or to graduate with a master's or to get your Ph.D. God wants you to be the first. God wants you to be the first to be able to stand up and say, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not a drug head, I'm not a crackhead like everybody else in my family. I made it. God wants you to be the first to say, nobody in my family ever had a business, but I have a business and God's blessing it. God is looking for somebody to be the first. The first. Well, God said, listen, I want you to go to the unknowable. I want you to believe the unbelievable. And then God said, I want you to do the unthinkable. Well, I was quite shocked, but I realized a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. But, but I, I wonder if you notice in my testimony, it starts off easier when you're a baby. And it gets harder as you become more mature. The tests have to become heavier in order for you to build your faith muscle. So to go did not affect me much at all. And to believe that Sarah could have a baby was quite pleasurable. But now, God, Yahweh is asking me to sacrifice the promise 
that he gave me. He's asking me, is your faith strong enough to sacrifice to me the means of the bringing about of the promise of being a father of many nations? Because he changed my name to Abraham, father of many, when I wasn't the father of any. That shows you our God always looks at our possibilities and not our realities. I thank God for that. Because I, I am a rascal. I, I will lie in a minute. Now, why are you laughing? That's all I did. <laughs> I just lied. <laughs> and, and I began to realize, yes, God is saying, listen, do you trust me? And I said, yes, I do. I trust you. My faith muscle is being built. And I know this is the strongest test I will ever face. And God was saying to me, Abraham, and I was reflecting on what it meant for God to ask me in the context in which I was. You see, I was in Beersheba. He wanted me to go to Mount Moriah. That's 50 miles away. We only travel about 15 miles a day if we're traveling very fast. So it's a three-day journey. But there in Beersheba, he asked me, Abraham, offer up Isaac. He was asking me this. Abraham, do you love me as much as the pagans love their God? Because in those days, they had a bronze statue. They worshiped Moloch where I lived. And Moloch was a big god with, with bronze hands. His hands were always out. And he wanted to receive uh, uh, their firstborn child. And they would take that child and they would heat up the hands of Moloch and they would place that child into the heated hands of Moloch only to see him burn up. Child sacrifice. And God was saying, Abraham, do you love me as much as the pagans love their God? You say I'm the true and the living God. You say they all have false gods, so you ought to be a better servant than me than they are to their God. Are you Abraham? I was talking to your pastor. I told you he, he, he just amazed me with his intelligence, his rhetoric, his ability to, uh, to articulate, and his oratorical skills just mesmerized me. I said to him, what kind of gods do you have today? He said, Abraham, I'll tell you. We have Jehovah's Witnesses who are not really Jehovah's Witnesses at all. And they spend 15 hours a week going door to door telling people about a false God. And he asked me, would you ask my people as you share your testimony, how often do you witness? He also told me about some people called black Muslims. That, that this guy, uh, Louis Farrakhan, said he's the savior for today. And they pray five times a day, turning to face Mecca. He asked me to ask you, how often do you pray? He said that Mormon young people must give two years of their life in service to their Mormon God before they begin their vocation. He even told me about a basketball player who turned down a $7 million contract because he had to fulfill his two years. He asked me to ask you, uh, do you give service like that? To your God? 
He told me about some folk called Moonies, who every member must raise for the organization $250 a day. Oh, do you have the same kind of devotion to your God that a pagan has to theirs? You know, Moloch always has his hands out. And that's how you tell the difference between Yahweh and false gods. I was watching that thing, what do you call it, uh, TV. And I heard these guys, and they were always saying, give me, 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 give me. And I knew, I said, they don't know Yahweh. They're asking people to always give to them. Yahweh is a giving God. And then he told me about Jesus, and I said, I already know him. He said, how do you do? I said, I'll tell it in my testimony. But he's a giving God. He's God in the flesh. And what did he do? He gives, he gives. He's the gift that keeps on giving. And so he gave away the glories of heaven for a meager existence on earth because he's a giving God. He gave his deity to humanity because he's a giving God. He gave up the glories of being worshipped by the angels every day as they cry out antiphonally, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who is, who art, who is to come. And, and they're talking about Yahweh, Jesus, and he gave that up. To be condemned, he came into his own, and his own received him not. He gave his back to a cat of nine tails for our sins. He gave his side to a spear. He gave his head to a crown of thorns. He gave his mother to John and John to his mother. He's a giving God. He gave his purity for our sinfulness, clothed in his righteousness. He gave his body to a tomb and was there for three days. But, and he gave his spirit to God who sent it. And then finally, he got up on Sunday and he gave us eternal life because of his shed blood. He's the giving God. Pastor James Ford Jr. playing the role of Abraham. Well, you're listening to Treasured Truth and if you want a copy of this program, you can come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving week, we'd like to thank our family of monthly partners who have been giving so generously over the past years and continue to do so. We're constantly receiving feedback from our listeners, how God is using programs like Treasure Truth to reach them wherever they're at, not just physically, like when they're in the car, at work, or at home, but also spiritually. You know, some listeners have been walking closely with Jesus for decades, and others are tuning in and they're hearing the message of the gospel for the first time. And if you're a monthly partner, you're directly responsible for their growth. Your gifts keep us on the air. Maybe you're not yet a monthly partner, but you'd like to become one. Well, it's easy to make a difference. Just call us at 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org. And by the way, when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we'll say thanks in a more tangible way with a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. It's an ongoing discount that applies for as long as you remain a monthly partner. And this season, Moody Publishers just might be the perfect place to look for Christmas gifts. So become a monthly partner and support Moody Radio and take advantage of this 50% discount. Just call 1-888-644-7660. That's 888-644-7660. Or go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and Pastor Ford continues in the role of Abraham tomorrow 
That's on the next Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.